Welcome to Voracious Podcast. We're back. Hello. How's it going? Got my co-host here, Hershey Schaffner. Greetings. We're having a good time. It's a voracious good time. It's voracious. (laughs) Let's talk about today. Why do you think it is that why do you think it is that in church today, Christianity, why does it seem like we can fill arenas full of people who just want to seemingly get their time card punched for church, just show up and then not really do much of what the Bible's because in my Bible it says um, you know, make disciples. Yeah. That's a big one that yeah. I don't really see going on anymore. Cast out demons. You kind of see that on social now, like, yeah, but I don't know. Like hip and cool. Now. Yeah, it's like a cool thing to do, but I don't even know half of the time if it's legit, honestly. Who knows what's real? Yeah, that's tough. Raise the dead. Not really seeing that one happen. No, I've never really seen that one happen personally. Now I know yeah, there I know. are people who have seen it happen. Yeah. What? But how do you know? Well, you ask the dead guy, I guess. That's <laughs> kind of the way to go. Yeah, that's a hard one, I guess. You'd have to have, you'd either have to just see it or have some sort of a empirical evidence, like doctor's notes or something. Yeah, but. yeah, because the only the only ones I know of, like, documented yeah. were, like, um, Reinhard Bonnke. There was a guy that, like, was in the basement uh-huh. while he was preaching wherever he was at. And the body, he came back to life. And they, and they knew because they documented him dead and then he came back and then Andrew Womack, I think has had some documented. Really? Yeah. People come back from the dead. So at, at church back where I come from, we used to have a guest speaker come in. His name was Dean Braxton and he actually, he died clinically dead for two and a half hours. So that's documented. That's documented. And uh, his wife prayed for him a whole bunch and he came back and he actually said it was uh, quite depressing coming back, coming back. He said, because you, when you're in heaven, nothing is dying. And mm-hmm. here, everything is dying. And he yeah. said, actually, uh, it has an odor. It stinks here. Wow. Comparatively. He said, but you get used to it. Like, it's one of those things. Like, when you're at a garbage dump or something for a while, you yeah, just kind of acclimate to it. Yeah. So, That's he said, he actually got depressed for quite a few months after that happened because it was just terrible <laughs> it's just terrible here until yeah. he found purpose in it and he decided to you know ask the lord what he wanted him to do and he went out and he's that's what he does is travels around and kind of shares his story and then answers questions about people have about heaven which is cool yeah that is interesting i asked him a question i asked him uh, what do angels look like and? and well it was kind of a vague answer but i mean i think just because there's a lot to explain in that arena but he said angels have all kind of different shapes and sizes so it's not like an angel just looks at any particular way yeah he said because all the angels have certain jobs to do so they're designed to do that job he said there's some angels that are just this big little bitty angels and he said there's some that are bigger than a skyscraper Hmm. i was like wow that's pretty that's intense. Well, Revelations kind of says there's some weird looking angels, like yeah. the, with the eye, eyes, eyes yeah. all over the yeah. place. That's kind of yeah. So I don't know. Fear not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I would. I would. It would take me a minute to get over that fear because it's like yeah, I would not be all right. Lots of eyeballs, and that's uh, oh, cool though. Yeah, I heard a preacher one time say that uh, when 
Jesus brought Lazarus back mm-hmm. from the dead. And he said, it said, when they talked to Jesus and said Lazarus was gone, that it says Jesus wept, you know, right. scripture everybody can memorize. Um, and so he said he thought that Jesus wept because he knew what he was bringing Lazarus back from. Oh, well. So that's kind of an interesting perception there. Now, I don't know if it's biblically correct, so I don't take it as theology, but that was a pretty, pretty interesting concept that I'd never thought about that, you know, Jesus knew what he was bringing Lazarus back into. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I could see that aspect of it. I don't know if I'd cry over it because I mean, Jesus also knew what he was getting ready to have to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, there you go. That's a, that's a freebie. So why, why do you think we've strayed so far from what Christianity actually, in my opinion, is supposed to look like kind of what that what it says in the Bible, you know, make disciples, make disciples for one. Yeah. Which I want to get a plug in. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to start a live weekly, like discipleship Bible study thing here on voracious. Cool. So if you're interested in that, please comment in this video. Cause I want to be able to uh, reply to those comments and give details as I get them. Cause it's kind of an idea right now. And I don't know exactly what, what night of the week I'm thinking yeah. to do that and stuff. So as details unfold, if you're interested, please comment, just say, Hey, I'm interested in, in that. And we'll, uh, we'll all connect and, and see what that looks like. Cause I think it would be kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah. That's awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. So see, I'm, I'm trying to do the thing. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and that's what the Bible says <laughs> to brag about whatever you're doing um and make others feel like they're failing well i'm not trying to make anybody feel like they're (laughs) just kidding (laughs) yeah it just seems like we don't really walk the walk as i understand it am i wrong no i don't think you're wrong i think discipleship is like kind of the 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 unicorn of the church i mean jesus said go and make disciples and i think that you know I, i mean i've been in ministry for 32 years now Mm -hmm. and uh you know, it's been a passion to make disciples. Um, I've done really well at it at times and done really poorly at other times. Discipleship is interesting because it's it's kind of easier to make a convert. Yeah. It's it's easy to... Con- but see, di- discipleship in my whole life was never preached. Oh, really? And I've been to church forever. Okay. And I've never heard that anything, a message that alluded to, go make disciples, here's what we're doing we're working on this. We have a disciple, nothing. Yeah. And I think maybe that's kind of the norm for the church It is mostly just like more pastoral, which is fine. It's like, are you struggling in this certain area? You know, no condemnation. Here's how we do better, you know, pray for them. And then yeah. you're dismissed and everybody feels better. Yeah. But that doesn't last. Because then no. they come back again, and it's the same issues over and over. And I think that was why why Jesus said we should make disciples, because um, it is a growing process, and we're all being, you know, we're all growing in this in this phase of walking, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, right? Mm-hmm. And growing, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I think like one of my my friends, Rick Bennett, was really good about discipleship. He and I were youth pastoring at the same time. And okay. so we started out in like 91 going to the Navajo reservation. And so he had a, he had a larger church and the kids that wanted to go to the trip, it was kind of a privilege to get to go. They went through okay. a discipleship program. So it was like 12 weeks and pretty extensive. I actually adopted it myself. And, and it was like, you wrote 
you wrote <laughs> essays on like what you were studying in the Bible. There were certain requirements. And so, you know, I, it was a real passion of his. And I think that was a good groundwork of mm -hmm. like being a disciple means to be a learner. You know, it, it literally means a learner or a pupil. Um, and it's to become like the teacher, not, yeah. not you or I, but obviously right. Jesus. But yeah, so I think that um, the thing that kind of got me was, you know, when those kids, when the youth would do that, man, you would see the transformation and then it would carry out. We were on the, on the reservation um, doing ministry, and you would see these young people, man, just all into it. Uh, and so that impacted me of, of a way, and he and I used to talk all the time about how, how we can do discipleship better, even when we would go on the reservation with the kids that we were ministering to, to see them grow in it. But the thing about discipleship that I think becomes a, I don't know if turnoff is the right word or, or makes it harder, is sure. it's a grind. It's, it's right. not a, it's not a one and done. It's not a just create it's not glamorous. Something. It's not, it's actually working and getting, getting down and dirty with people Yeah, working hand in hand, helping people. Because the point I think of it is, is that not that you, you end a relationship with somebody at some point, but at some point, the ones that you're helping and, and you're learning and growing with need to start doing that with other yeah, people. Yeah. It is, it is exponential growth. It's reciprocal. Yeah. It, yeah. So, so also on that point, then it, if it's not, would you, I mean, then you're doing something wrong. If it's not growing. If it's not or, growing. Others, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think so. I think, I think we have a, a bad tendency in the, in the Western church or in the modern church to have like a codependency Mm -hmm. on the pastor yeah or on the, the leader of the church you know but, but to be to, to be fair i feel like t far too often that pastors or the teachers or whoever you put in charge of your program oh, they create it that yeah, yeah they yeah, they yeah. make it they want it to be about them really yeah they make it to where you have to come back and it's like well you're not ready yet yeah to go out yeah no like, i think you, so you don't have my stamp of approval don't do it right and that's not okay no like when did, when did Jesus do that? Yeah. And I, I mean, that is, it is like a fear-based thing. It's, it's why pastors don't want their church members to visit another church because they might mm. like it better. And, and that's, what's sad is, is we do, um, we've caught it like the log jam of ministry. Like yeah. you'll have a lot of people and they're, they have gifts and they have abilities and they should be flowing, but they, they get stifled. Yeah. They get stopped because, you know, you might lose the person and, and, you know, and that's, I don't know. It's hard in, in discipleship. It's hard in discipleship on the flip side when you pour into somebody and then they just abandon, yeah. you know, you or, or what they're called to, or, you know, yeah, I mean, that, that could be all. rough. Yeah. But, I mean, Paul writes about that too. You know, there are guys that like I poured into them and now they're enemies of the cross. And so there's, there's that aspect. That hap that's real. That it, really happens a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I just, I can think back of just friends of mine that I've had that, you know, are interested in, in what I'm doing and why, and why I believe a certain way and you get into it. And then it, it almost has like a repelling effect for whatever reason. At some point they're yeah. like interested in it. And then just, they just leave. Yeah. And you don't hear from them again. You're like, what are you doing? And it's like, well, you know, you hear all kinds of bad. Right. 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 <laughs> they go a different way. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that, yeah. I mean, I do think that pastors out of insecurity, uh, have propagated a dependence, a codependence. Um, and so maybe pride too. 
Yeah, I, I to me, pride and insecurity kind of they're like they're, they're, boyfriend girlfriend. Yeah. They kind of run together pretty good. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think that uh, that that that's a, that has been an impact, and then people get frustrated or whatever because they don't feel like they're growing. But I think that I think that to to really do discipleship, the other thing is I I don't think it's just a program. You know, like I said. Rick had some great stuff that implemented, but he would even say it's not about a program. Right. You know, it's about a relationship. It's about a journey. You, you see Jesus with his disciples, like mm-hmm. they just ran together all the time. Yeah. And, you know, part of it was the teaching. Like, you know, you see where he does the parable of the sower and they're all like, oh, we're supposed to become farmers now. And Jesus <laughs> like, it's it's appointed to you to know the, the secrets <laughs> of the kingdom. Like we're going to have a real <laughs> secret talk here. So you'll get it. Um, so there was that aspect, but then, you know, how much of it was just like watching and walking Yeah. so that when, when he was no longer there, we see where they were able to carry on mm-hmm. because they, they had relationship. And, and I think that's where discipleship is. It is, it is a real relationship. So then that being said, would you agree that it's probably the church in general's like when I think of, and I got nothing against like big church, like Gateway. Yeah. Robert Morris is a brilliant person. Sure, He's sure. a good teacher, but they fill their buildings on the regular. Mm-hmm. And the thing I find with mega churches is that it seems like it's really easy just to hide, just come into your time and leave. Oh, yeah. Why? Why does that exist? I guess is what I'm trying to figure out. Did we do it to ourselves? <laughs> We we allowed yeah. it at some point. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I think um I think that part of it is that we it's the the American way mm-hmm. uh, of doing, you know, or the western way of doing things like you you make it bigger. So, I mean, Walmart started out as a mom and pop shop and I I think grew. it got I think it got basically honest I mean, honestly, let's because it's voracious. Right, we're going to be honest. Here let's we go. Be honest. Back I think up. it's just dollars. I think it's butts in the seats equals more ties, and that's what we cater to. I, I now I think that that's part of going back to the control thing, mm-hmm. the fear of like because most pastors are paid mm-hmm. based on ties or number of members, depending on the denomination. You know right. how many people are on the roll. I mean, I know churches that like people that have been dead like thirty years are still on the roll because <laughs> that determines how much that's the crazy. salary is, and it's and it's. I mean, it's funny, but it's true. It's very it's true. Sad. It's very real. And yeah, so that that's why like they don't want those letters of like we're leaving because then they have to take you off the roll officially, and that could affect. See? So so I yeah money. I mean money is a factor in so much of it, but I think it's also like, and not I'm not saying Gateway in particular because I don't I don't know Robert Morris. I know some of the other guys there and seem yeah. like great dudes, but um, but there's a power thing too. Right. Like there's a power. I mean, dude, I've been in rooms with preachers, mm-hmm. pastors, and like the first thing they ask you is, so how many are you running? <laughs> and they just wow. want to compare like that. You know, they want to know like, so how many, and you know, my smart aleck answer was, well, we don't really run a lot in church. <laughs> we kind of walk and, you know, um, but they, they want to know asking, that. They want to know how many you got mm-hmm. like, by comparison. It. So they can know if they're doing better or worse than you. Um, so I think that it is obviously financial, yeah. Um, I think there's that aspect. And, and I think what's sad is I, I, th- it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like we want the gospel preached mm-hmm. and like a platform, like a gateway who are, I mean, they're moving in prisons. They're doing, they're doing amazing things yeah. for the kingdom. 
but I don't, I don't believe that that was the original way that the Lord wanted to. Everything's geared. Well, I won't say everything, but in in mass quantity, it seems like everything's geared to make sure that people have converted to Christianity and are going to stay at church. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a lot of it. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm done with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. There's that's pointless. You will, you will just be a spiritually dead person. If, if you run that road, I mean, honestly on both ends, I don't care who you are. Well, and it's, it's kind of crept into like all these ministries where like everybody has a ministry school. And again, I'm not against ministry training. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not picking on. No, no, no. I I mean, you can fill in the blank of whatever big church there is. They just happen to be in the DFW. It gives you a good visual. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm talking about. But a lot of these ministry schools, like people move there, they go there and they never come back to their local church. Mm -hmm. They never go back. Cause it is, there is a bubble about it too. There's like this, you know, like it's a safe place. It's uh, right. You know, the bigger church, it's convenient. And I remember like years ago, um, Willow Creek in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like we might've talked about it at some point, but yeah, we did it on our first, uh, yeah. when you're uh, a guest on our first, before uh, I made meeting. the co-host seat, you know, yeah. work my way in, by <laughs> slipping a few, you know, dollar bills in there. Or maybe you just said yes. Oh, yeah, that, might, no, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Cause I didn't have any money on me because my church isn't big enough. Oh, but uh, I'm uh, So we're plenty big. Yeah. No, it's, it's actually wonderful. Wonderful. But yeah. Um, but you know, that was part of it. They interviewed their people and they had 20,000 members and 80% of them mm-hmm. said that their lives hadn't changed. Yeah. So there's something wrong with that formula. And, uh, and it is easy to hide. It's easy. I, I went to a big church in Orlando. Now I was really involved mm-hmm. in the youth and young adult ministry, but it was very easy to sneak in the back door a few minutes into worship, yep. sneak out the back door as an altar calls going on or whatever, and never have any contact with other humans. Yeah. Which probably sounds a little appealing to you. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, well, that was pretty good. That was a good, uh, man, we got into it fast yeah. and hard. I like that. Anyway, like, subscribe, get those notifications. Voracious Podcast, out. Later. <laughs>